0: ah yes two italians and one irishman walk into a bar but unfortunately the man that walked them into the bar for five straight years is now walking out of the bar and with that being said we welcome you to another edition of the tom green Cubs speak cabiche podcast where we brought in two italians and our regular one of course we don't know if he was named after the cheese, or if the cheese was named after him. But regardless, he is Joey Ricotta. Welcome back, Joey. Thank you, sir. How's it going? It's going real good. Well, real good if the if our Cubs were still in the playoffs, that's for sure. And we brought in a student who very intelligently walked us into this bar to where he cannot drink of his own. But he's making sure that we are at least walking out of the bar. In fact, he's probably our DD. His name is Anthony Pasquale, a BTN student university reporter from the University of Illinois at Champaign. For when he's watching basketball during the year, it brings him a lot of champagne. Welcome to the show, Anthony.
1: Thanks, Tom. Good to be
0: with you. Definitely. And, of course, that's... That's why I do these weird introductions—is just to get our guests laughing right away. Because it, it's it's the first five minutes of any podcast that can bring bring the guest in, or take the guest out. With that being said, our first our first topic in this Cubs speak cubish part five, which will take the rest of the five minutes. So hopefully it will draw our viewers in. Is the guy that took us out that. Originally took us into the bar that is now walking out of the bar. That is, Joe Madden has left our Chicago Cubs. We'll start with Anthony, our new guest. What are our thoughts on Joe Madden leaving the Chicago Cubs?
1: Well, if I'm being completely honest with you, I have a lot of thoughts. You know, um, I really think he's getting punished for being successful. And let me explain that a little bit better. Sure. Um, he set a winning precedent here in Chicago, averaging 97 wins in his first four years that made an 84-win season feel like a disaster. I mean, I have a Sox fan who's my best friend and he said, if we won 84 games, we'd be jumping off the walls. And it's just, the fact of the matter is, he was so successful that he's ending up getting punished because this particular team wasn't as successful as the expectations he put in place, but I think his run um, cannot ever be tarnished here on this this last bad year, you know, just because of all of the good that he really did do for our organization, for the city, for the Cubs. I mean, I wish him success in the future, but honestly, wish we didn't have to say goodbye. Yes,
0: yeah, so and we'll be talking a little more about that in our little testimonials to him. But in a way, I'll ask because I'm talking to people in Bears country. Does this feel like um, when? Lovey Smith was let go after a 10 and 6 season in 2010, 2011, if I'm correct. Does it feel like that?
1: Um, I I don't quite think it feels the same because Lovey, I mean, he was pretty successful, but he didn't win us a championship. And you'd think with Madden taking over the organization that hasn't won one in 108 years that winning a championship would give you lifetime job security. But with the Cubs having the expectations that they have and the win now mentality, they decided to move on from him. I'm I'm much more upset with Joe leaving, especially because of how much more he brought us than when Lovey left. Now I get to talk to Lovey every Monday. It's not that special.
0: Gotcha. So that's definitely something that, well, um, taking it with a grain of salt, of course. Definitely something that I wish I could do is speak with. Lovey Smith, or a Big Ten coach, every Monday. I haven't had, I haven't yet quite had that experience just yet, but I do have experience with my own high school, Essexville Garber, which John Morosi, Fox Sports reporter, graduated from back in night back in 2000. In fact, he was a starting quarterback for Essexville Garber on an 0 9 team in 1999. Note that he isn't too proud of it because of said 0 9 record. But now that we've hit the about five minutes where we've we've either, either drawn you in or drawn you out and hopefully we've drawn you in because if you draw if we've drawn you out then honestly you're you're missing out on life um what's here the Joe Ricotta rant on Joe Man because he's been he's been gearing to do this for quite a while as he's told me but what's here Ricotta's rant well you're, you're, you might be a little bit disappointed, and and the reason why I say that is because I I've gotten it out of my system a little bit now. <laughs> Aw, damn! It, I know, I know. It's it's sad, but it but it's not really that sad because it I'm
2: sad that Madden's gone, and obviously I'm disappointed that the Cubs didn't make the playoffs, and that this season is. Going to be looked at as a failure. It has to be looked at as a failure because you lost nine straight games in that span of time after putting up record numbers against the Pirates as far as runs scored and home runs, and I mean, and then you you win the game against the Reds, and and then after that you lose nine straight. You, You can't do that when you're when you're up three-and-a-half games on August 8th and you're in first place as late as August 22nd, I mean, I'm calm, cool, collected now because I've had, I've had a minute to digest this whole thing. And it's, and it's more so that I, I kind of – it just – we knew that this was going to happen with Madden. You know, we've known it for a couple months now, but once they started this losing streak and completely fell out of contention, it was like, okay, this is happening. We know it's happening. And Madden will forever be remembered as the the greatest manager in Cubs history. And, I mean, obviously, we're going to see who takes over, and we're going to see what's going to happen with all that. and the success that they may have in the future, but no one was able to do what he did, which was take them to three straight NLCS's. Mm -hmm. Um, a, A year before that they were actually really talked about and considered, many considered them even being legitimate contenders, which was 2015, and they went on that great run and just ran into a hot team in the Mets. But, you know, and then breaking the curse, obviously. I mean, that to me is – I'm forever grateful to Joe Madden for that because that's, that everything that Cubs fans have dreamt about, That that's what we've lived for as a Cubs fan, um, was just to see that one World Series. And, yeah, and, and to Anthony's point, that holds, it holds – So much value, and it's so true that you know we've gotten a little bit spoiled in the sense that okay, we've been winning so many games and been competitive for so many straight years that we expect them to do it every year. And and this is baseball, you know. I mean, look at and adding the second wild card team, and and you would think that that would guarantee the Cubs a playoff spot, but like Anthony said, an eighty-four win season. Felt like a disaster. And for some of the season, it was a disaster. But, you know, it's still a winning season. So you can't really look at it as, I mean, they're, they're still in way better shape than a lot of these other teams. And the team you mentioned, the White Sox, even though they're building for the future and their future does look very bright, but it's not a complete disaster. On the north side, it's just a disaster because now you have to look. You have to start from scratch as far as the manager goes, and really have to take another approach as far as some of the players go, and see what you can afford, and see what you can go out there and do as far as trade. So, but anytime you finish with a road record, I know they started to get a little bit better with this, but they finished with a road record of 33 and 48. A 407 win percentage is just not going to get it done. And in one-run ball games, they were nineteen and twenty-seven. If they played five hundred, if they went twenty-three and twenty-three, they are one game back of the wild card uh, with the Brewers. So, you know, then you then you take into consideration the road record. So all these things line up. I mean, obviously, you had a terrific, terrific home record of I think it was fifty-one and thirty. So. You know, but it, it, there's just too many collapses. I'm pissed off because it, it should have never gotten to this point, and you should have been more competitive. I mean, But they lost the one-run games to the Cardinals. I think every game in that series, the four-game series that was critical, that you had to win. I mean, you had to win at least two of those games, but if right. you really wanted to take the division, you probably had to win three of those games. And you didn't win one of them, and all of them were one-run games. So, yeah, that, that series against the Cardinals was pivotal, pivotal, and it really turned out to be the downfall of this team. But, I, man, I'm, I'm more pissed off that the accountability, and I think Theo, he is taking accountability for this, but at the same time, like, I'm, I'm pissed off that Madden's the scapegoat in this whole thing because, to a certain extent at least, because he is not the reason why. Somebody mentioned Almora uh, on Twitter the other day. I know I shouldn't reference things that people say on Twitter because we know how much of a cesspool it can be at times. Just oh, I mean, it.
0: they know all. They just know all. Feel the sarcasm. Uh, oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, they, they know everything. I know. You can't you can't talk to anybody on Twitter anymore. <laughs> but the thing is, if somebody mentioned Almora and I pulled up his his the Cubs record, with more in the lineup, and I think he only, he, I, I believe it was only 14 games that he let off, and it was either 7-7, seven and seven. I, I, I don't have it in front of me right now, so this is kind of weird that I'm referencing it without having it in front of me, but all I know is this, the record, especially from like August, from the beginning of August to September, I, I believe he only let off, was it two or three times? So, whoever wants to say that the reason why is because of the line of construction and how, who, you know, that's all bullshit. It's got nothing to do with that. Because even some of those games, they culture you winning those games. So, you know, you're talking about losing records and being 500 and being this and that. They weren't that much worse without Mora as the leadoff guy and this is coming from a guy who said Al Moore is a borderline major leaguer right now. Because he is. Because if he's not doing, providing... He's not playing up to his
0: level as far as a uh, defender goes, which is what his strong suit is, then
2: he is a borderline major leaguer because hitting is not the par right now. So, and I'm defending... But I'm just defending Joe, uh, Joe Madden in this sense because you know, for the most part, he changed that. They just didn't have... The roster constru- construction, for the most part, just was not there. I and mean, look at these... If if I know, because I talked to uh, Beth with the Scorpro, who's the doctor, um, if she knows that going into the season, you know, because of the stuff that he had done, uh, as far as Brandon Morrow goes, that he's probably he's not likely to be the same pitcher that he ever was again and I wouldn't you know hold faith or I wouldn't have faith in him returning this season then you have to think that the Cubs organization knew that so my whole thing is why did you go into the season with the bullpen that you had you know so I know this Mm -hmm. is getting really long winded as far as my whole rant goes and
0: Still probably sounding very calm at the same time, but... It's Ricotta's rant, yeah. so it's still your four. <laughs> yeah, I'm, but
2: I'm just... It, yeah, it, it's just ridiculous, man. Like, you can't... You can't go into the season with what you have and expect to win and, or just get by long enough until... And then they, they realized the problem and they had to get more Or had to get Kimbrel, excuse me. And then that didn't work out as far as this year goes but he's still got him under contract so we'll see you know how this plays out in the future him getting a full spring training in and etc but it's it's really frustrating
0: because you know you have this winning window and I don't want to sound like one of the spoiled fans because I
2: know what it you know how rare the opportunity is to win in the majors you know how rare that is oh yeah so, and you, you have to love it whenever you can get even get to the playoffs, but, you know, with this group of guys, and, you know, P.O. nailed it on the head with this press conference,
0: I mean, a lot of the guys had great individual years. I mean, Anthony Rizzo was sixth in the league,
2: you know, on base percentage this year. Sixth in the entire majors. You know, so, and that's behind him, and Mike Trout's number one, Yelich is number two. I mean, you got a great group of, gr- group of guys there. And Darvis, look what he did in the second half. Looked like a real Cy Young candidate in the second half of the season. I mean, he he pitched his ass off. So that that looks bright. But I don't know, man. I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll, I'll hand it off for a little bit because it, <laughs> it it really is more hurtful. I'm more hurt by all this
1: than I am pissed off at this point.
0: That's very yeah, understandable.
1: I, I, I heard a uh, a quote somewhere that said. The Cubs ultimately let go of Madden because of his inability to outmanage the front office's mistakes. Yeah, and that's and
2: you yeah. know what? And that is a hundred percent spot on. That was by Jesse Rogers, right? Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. That was a hundred percent spot on. Actually, I saw that tweet. I uh, saw the tweet. I didn't read the article, but um, yeah, that is a hundred percent spot on because. And just but just looking at it from that perspective, that just tells me that uh, you know upper management, as far as like Bill and those guys, Jed, Jed Hoyer goes, they don't want to take 100% accountability for what they've constructed. You know, obviously they know they got to make changes now, and it's not just the managerial position, but that's 100% spot on. He, he, he was unable to overcome. I mean, the guys that he was using in the games that everybody was complaining about, oh, why would you put Stroke in this situation? Why would you put C.J. Edwards in this situation? Well, you know what? Who the fuck are you going to put in? You know, as far as, at least in the first three months of the season, because that was before, you know, you had standout of the year in the bullpen, Kyle Ryan, and guys come up. And throwing Rick and all
1: those guys.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was before all that. And, you know, and even at that point, You know, down the stretch, it got to a point where, you know, they weren't even in position to make a difference in the game because a lot of these games, it didn't matter what they did, you know, as far as Rowan Wick goes and, you know, Brad Wick and Kyle Ryan, it wouldn't have mattered what they did because, you know, the the other guys were blowing it when they got opportunities late, you know, like C-Sheck. And, I mean, I get that that could be kind of put on Madden a little bit. But at the same time, he's been one of the more reliable relievers. You know, Steve and Kinsler, who actually had a solid year for the most part. But, I don't know, it's, it's tough. Like, these breakout candidates, they're not expected. And for the fact that, you know, he would be more critically examined Or people would look at him even worse if you were to put Kyle Ryan in in May or, you know, a guy like whoever in May that wasn't Fishek, that wasn't Strope, and they blew the game. So that's not Madden's fault there because they have no real record of being
1: good in the major league. Yeah, ultimately it, it comes down to execution and especially with the bullpen, it really didn't matter. Especially in the first half, who he put into the game because everybody was blowing games. And Theo said it in the press conference that this team was very bad at holding high leverage leads late. And that's something that they're going to address. And it sucks that they didn't do it before they made man the lame duck because he ultimately got punished for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the unfortunate thing. So with ricotta's rant i'll go into a little testimonial that i'm kind of making up on the spot for our man joe madden i'll go ahead with that dear joe when you came to this to this team in 2015 the expectations were still low the expectation was not yet to go to the world series and the expectation was not yet to break the 108 year drought but guess what you heightened expectations. You broke the curse. You gave us the World Series that our, our, our fathers and grandfathers and mothers and grandmothers wanted so desperately for many years. Many people have gone to their grave without seeing this. Many people that have lived almost their entire lifespan finally got to see it. And for us, It was great to see 2016 reculminate in something that we've wanted for our entire lives. But unfortunately, you you had a fate very similar to Jeff Hornacek. You were a victim of your own success. And unfortunately, you became the scapegoat to which you did not deserve. But we thank you. We are so thankful for what you've done for us over the past five seasons. And we wish you the greatest of success in wherever you go. Sincerely yours, Mr. Tom Green. Anything you guys have to add or subtract or or disagree with to that testimonial? We'll start with uh, Anthony.
1: Well, I just want to say I actually made one of those
0: of my own uh, kind and of a, a joke yeah. type thing. Um and I actually
1: recorded it on my own podcast, uh, The Cubs Corner. So if any of you guys are, um, after you listen to this, if you want to go listen to that,
0: please do so. Definitely. Uh, Joey, anything to add or disagree or agree or subtract, whatever? <laughs> um,
2: no, not really. I think uh, pretty much nailed it on the head, but I, I uh, just furthermore, he, he changed the culture on the north side and that's that's the biggest thing I mean obviously he brought something to the Cubs and the fan base that no one's seen you know in 108 years and I mean (laughs) majority have have not seen it ever so I don't know I don't even know it's just it, it is ridiculous that it got to this point um thank you Joe for, for all that you did and, and even though they you know a lot of people say they want it in spite of joe matt you know in his decision making in the in the postseason and at some points i do agree you know that that was the case that he made some questionable decisions in the postseason and even in 2016 but you know the point is he got them there they don't get all those wins that season without him they don't become a winning team in 2015 without him. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm forever grateful, and Chicago will always love
0: you. Yes, uh, I'll, I'll also add that sure. I'm very thankful that he
1: brought his own restaurant to Wrigley Field, because even if they don't give him a statue or some type of honoring, which I think they should, he'll have his name still there with that restaurant. And if you guys have never gotten a chance to
0: go I definitely recommend it because the food is really good too definitely and we we, have, we are not only we are not only cubbies but we are foodies <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or at least I am so with that being said um, we now shift from the Joe Madden testimonial which hopefully people uh, people across the nation have started to shed a tear or two about to who should replace. Joe Madden and we will start with Joey um no I will not say that Joey Ricotta should replace Madden even though if that were the case then I would be assured a spot on his staff and so would Anthony who should replace Joe Madden whoa
2: whoa whoa, whoa. did you say did you say you're assured a spot
0: (laughs) if you if you became the manager that is (laughs)
2: yeah but even then hey I gotta you know I gotta put you process
0: That's, you
2: gotta you gotta have an interview I mean we gotta have a sit down we gotta really go over things
0: fair but enough I,
2: no I I mean yeah all jokes aside like I it I don't know it's it's really it's interesting like I, I listened to about 50 minutes or 55 minutes of Dio's press conference the other day and I wanna I'm gonna listen to the rest probably later tonight, but um, you know, after the wild card game. Um go nets. What's that? Go Nets. Yeah, go Nets for sure. Um get that bum brawn off the field. Um anyway, no I, I really I, I really honestly it's, a, it's kind of a homer call, but I do believe it will be David Ross. And it. Has more to do with, like Theo said, it's not just going to be about the relationships that he has with some of the players from 2016 team, from you know just his relationships with the organization. I mean, he does have baseball experience and baseball knowledge, and he's a smart guy. And you know what? And he would hold these guys accountable even that season. You know, we we heard about a lot of the things that he would say to any of the guys in the clubhouse, you name them, and he probably talked to all of them at one point. Hey, you got to be better here. you got to do this. You didn't do that right. You didn't do this. You know, I think that's what they need, and that's what the front office is ultimately looking for because, you know, as much as I love Madden, we know that he's not that fire, he's going to get on your ass type of guy. And while David Ross might be, he's also that laid-back personality. So he, you get kind of a good mix of both. So yes, is it a, is it a homer pick? Yeah, sure, it, it probably is. But one guy that I do not see, and feel kind of shut this down is Joe Girardi. He, they're not looking for they're not looking for experience only. And if they were just looking for experience only then why would you get rid of Madden? Because Madden has more experience than him. And, you know, Girardi's made questionable decisions as far as his teams have gone in the past, too, with the Yankees. You know, he, he's gotten some scrutiny from some of, the, some of the decisions he's made. So that's not a home run call. But, and neither is Ross, for, for that matter. Um, you know, there's still, it's still kind of a wait and see, even if he were to get the job. Um, because you know he doesn't have that major league experience, but I'm I'm willing to roll the dice and say that guys can you know he if he were if he were the manager I think the the team would be better off than somebody that doesn't know the team as well um, coming in here and you know with no experience so I that's why I think it it would be Ross.
0: Gotcha. So, I, and I'll also add to that point, um, now that I'm a substitute teacher, yes, I, I, y- your boy is now a substitute teacher, watch out high schoolers, uh, <laughs> one thing I try to do when, I, when I've been in the classroom, is I've only had a week of experience doing it, is I try to keep normalcy from what the teacher, the normal teacher has, like for example, I substituted a first grade class last week and we were we were supposed to read a book we were supposed to read the last chapter of a book and i i had had the i had instructed the kids to go to their seats well multiple students multiple kids had told me well we usually sit on the carpet we sit on the carpet so i'm like, okay if multiple students are telling me this it must be true okay we'll go to the carpet and i read the last chapter of the book it was a magic treehouse book from the carpet in this in the classroom but what but my what i'm trying to say is that um normalcy has to be maintained that way that way the players will know that okay this is the expectation it has to be heightened now that this winning culture is here and i honestly i honestly tend to agree with joey that it could be david ross now i would be more okay with girardi than theo which now he has shut it down because of his experience but joey also made a good point there why why get rid of madden if you're if you're trying to go with experience so if it's Ross, then I say, you know what? Roll the dice, bring back Grandpa, and let's see what happens. Anthony, uh, who's going to replace Men? Um, I, I don't really
1: have much of a different idea from you guys. I also think it'll be David Ross. I'll give you a couple of reasons why I think sure. so and why I think it's the right move. Um, first of all, there's only one Cub on the roster, Knew what life was like in the big leagues without Joe Madden, and that's Rizzo. Everybody else that is a Cub has only been managed by Joe Madden, because Rizzo had Slaym and Renteria before, um, before Madden. So Rizzo's the only one who knows what it's like without Madden. All these other guys who have come up, graduated the minor leagues, and had some success in the big leagues was all under Madden. So I agree with you, there There has to be a sense of normalcy or a little bit of this is how we did it back in the day. Um, and that's why I think Ross fits, because when he was on the team, it was almost like he was another manager. He was the bad cop while Mann was the good cop. He was the one that if you made a mistake on the bases, you didn't want to walk by in the dugout. And I've heard that repeated by so many different players. So that's that's the guy you want on your top step then. And then Rizzo almost becomes the whole good cop thing. And that's the kind of relationship they have there. But the the best part about Ross as the manager, now I'll do two things. One, he is a fan favorite,
0: um, and he's he's the Homer pick. He's who a lot of people want to
1: take over for Madden, first of all. Second, he learned from Madden, so he can take what he liked, and then he can take what he knows and mix that into his own his own strategy for managing and also he's a catcher catchers know the game better than any other player that's why joe girardi was such a good manager when he started so you have a guy who understands the game like that he's improved wilson Contreras as a player he can thus improve the pitching staff which is desperately needed you mix that with the fact that young managers coming in who respect analytics like Aaron Boone and Alex Cora, all these guys are having success. Even Craig Council has had success. So you mix all of that with the fact that he said he'd be interested in the job and and Chris Bryant said when he was here he felt like a coach and Ross said I always thought he'd manage. I mean Rizzo said he always thought Ross would manage someday. It seems to me like a perfect fit. Gotcha.
2: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, Joey. Anything to add? Because I, because I kind of went off your rant and then went to Anthony. So give you a chance to add slash rebut if need be. No,
2: I no I no rebuttal here. I actually agree with everything Anthony's saying. I that's, uh, that's the reason why that those all those reasons that Anthony just mentioned make so much sense. And uh, he made a great point about um, the normal as you, you both did. Uh, the normalcy, you know, knowing these players coming up. I mean, obviously, you can, and then you have the veteran mix of, you know, Hayward guys that were with other teams and uh, have come over. But, um, yeah, Ross is that guy that, like like Anthony said, he, you don't want to walk by him. If you did something messed up, you didn't walk, walk,
1: want to walk by him going to the dugout. And those so, are the type of guys that make the best managers. Yeah,
0: absolutely. That's and the type of player great. Girardi was. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I and I was saying and on an um I listened to the Rush yesterday on NBCSN and I was and I was live and, and of course they do a live show at five o'clock Central, um and I was saying that um there needs to be a sense of accountability but I'd be fine with Ross and Ross had that accountability as you guys are saying. Exactly. Yeah,
2: because Girardi, I mean. You look at Girardi, he, and that's not to say that he wouldn't hold guys accountable. Like I mean, I'm just I'm just naming the other guy that everyone's talking about, and I mean, I know Lare- Mark lorena has been in. They've been talking about him a little bit. They've been talking about Mark DeRosa, but I wouldn't really. I don't know. I, I can't rule those guys out. Like I would still consider those guys, and, and I I really do like Mark DeRosa a lot, <clears throat> but um, as far as Girardi goes, and he would hold players accountable, but I just don't think, I think not knowing these players the way that Ross does and, you know, yeah, being from the Madden kind of tree, if you will, I mean, it's not really from his tree because Ross has so much other MLB experience not playing for Matt. but um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, that's a slam dunk
1: fit as far as Ross goes. And I also think you bring up an interesting point. The reason I think people would respond to Ross's accountability is because he's been there and it's worked. If you bring in a totally new face and he's trying to hold you accountable in a way that you never experienced under Joe, there might be a little bit of, you know, a little bit of hesitant on the side of the players. They may not want to play for Girardi where you know they want to play for Ross.
0: And uh, yeah,
1: and What if you what already won? Either
2: he would be yeah. much more expensive than Ross. Well, he'd be more expensive, of course. And and what if he won at the big league level as a manager? You know, he hasn't. He's
1: not. He's not really. I don't think he's won a, a World Series. I don't. Believe, I think it was all Joe Torre. I think he had the the one and oh 9 with the. Yeah, Yankees.
0: two thousand nine with the Yankees. He did win one with the Yankees in '09. 9 Yes. Yeah. Okay, then I stand corrected. I
2: I didn't realize. I kind of thought it was still Torian around that time. But, um, okay, but, I mean, that's so long ago, too, you know? I mean, look at – I don't know. Not that any of that matters. You can't take that away from him. He still won one. But, yeah, it, he hasn't won with this group like you just said. So, you know, anybody that has that experience. I mean, look, at they carried him off the field. I mean, Rizzo's up there at the podium crying at the parade and the ceremony and talking about Ross. And, you know, I know that only – I'm only talking about one player when I say that. But that just goes to show you, if, if your so-called clubhouse and team leader in Rizzo, which a lot of people can say, hey, we're – at this point, you know, with this group of players – if he thinks so highly of, of Ross, and you know Hayward does too, then that goes a long ways, and that's going to really reach these younger players like Nico Horner, young players like, you know, name another guy coming up, Edward Elzelay Elzele, um, you know, name a young guy that's coming up that you might acquire from somewhere else that, um, and that'll make an impact on them because they, they respect their peers that much. And, I mean, you, if you, as a player, you know, you respect the guys that are getting the sh- getting their shit done. You know, guys like Rizzo that are constantly year in and year out, and they always put up numbers, and they always are successful. Um, whether it be, you know, some years greater than others, yeah, but they respect those guys and those clubhouse leaders. And if he respects his manager you're damn sure
0: that um nico and some of those guys they will gotcha so with that being said um we're we're gonna um transition here to what should the cubs do for 2020 for this offseason because this is this is a huge offseason now that madden is gone and it's one that we got to pretty much nail or else the team is just going to fall downhill. Well, And that remains to be seen, of course. We unanimously think that Ross will be the manager, but what if he's not? We don't know. So uh, this, the classic Spongebob quote, we don't know. Um, Anthony, what should the Cubs do for this off season in 2020? Well,
1: you know, obviously there's a lot that I can sit here and say that they should do. Um, I'll, I'll just start by... You know, kind of keying what they need. Um, and then who I think they should re sign before we get into any free agents or anything like that. I think they need another starting pitcher because it's pretty obvious this rotation is aging. The Cubs probably aren't going to bring Cole Hamels back. And when I say you need a starting pitcher, I don't mean go get a five. I mean get a, a one or a two. So that's probably um, a pretty big priority. And it'll be another offseason where they need to retool, retool the bullpen. Um, obviously, they have some pieces set in place, but um, C-Sheck, Kinsler, and Strope are set to all become free agents. So deciding whether you want to re-sign those guys or not, or getting guys to fill up their innings because they both pitched a ton, and then Strope was injured a lot this year. But he's been one of the best relievers in Cubs history, I would say next you definitely need to figure out the top of the order and the best case scenario would be go get either a second baseman or a center fielder to fit that and then finally i think you have to resign nick castellanos i think he was everything a Cubs should be he brought fire he brought passion he brought the urgency that the cubs were talking from day one and He's made it obvious he wants to keep playing in Chicago and, and play in the playoffs. So I think we got to re-sign Nick, get him to the playoffs. Um, and if you do sign Castellanos, um, then you could either choose to trade Schwarber for some pitching or keep Schwarber. Then you have the outfield set, Schwarber in left, Hayward in center, Castellanos in right. And then your big target for the offseason should be a second baseman that can also bat leadoff. So I think if you could do those things, get a starting pitcher, retool the bullpen, and get a second baseman that can bat leadoff and have some success up there, this team looks arguably top of the NL starting 2020.
0: Very good points. Joey?
1: Um, this is where I really
2: I really don't know. And <clears throat> you know what? It may sound like a terrible analyst, but it's the whole thing. You know, you have some decisions to make about not only next year, but the future. Uh, You know, what comes after next year. And, you know, some of these guys are going to be up for some contracts here pretty soon. We know about Chris Bryant. We know about Javier Baez. You can even put in Contreras and Rizzo in that that conversation. Um, So they, they really have to think about you know, outside the box, what what they can afford, and not just next year. And I would love to bring back Kathy. I would. And how he treated, you know, like he said, every day like it was opening day. He went out there, you know, high kick and go. I mean, and he would hit the shit out of the ball. He hit three twenty one in 51 games. 16 bombs with the Cubs and and MFB and doubles. I mean, I would love to have that on his team. Um, the big question is what is he going to want and I read an article on fan that somebody thinks that he still will not get uh, the 100 million that some people some other people were uh, talking about his range as far as the contract goes and I you know, somebody on fan wrote an article and said that he's not worth that so uh, um, but either way I really do Yeah, you talked about Strope, C-Sheck, Kinsler being free agents. Um, I think they bring back one of them because they're probably going to be cheaper. And I think the guy that might come back, believe it or not, I think it might be Strope. It's either Strope or Kinsler. It's one of those two that's coming back. C-Sheck's gone. Strope or Kinzo because I think stroke would be affordable because of you know how he pitched this season and then teams are scared of that um, if he's just running out of gas and he's aging too he's going to be 35 next year all three of those guys are you know, 34 35 range um but yeah so I think they might get him back but I, I don't love it as far as that's not, not going to be your staple if he's affordable yeah if, if not then let him go um you know, another guy that they could bring back is uh, the guy that they traded for. Um, not ringing a bell at the top of my head. Uh, Phelps. I think he was he's, a, I think he's okay. a club option.
0: Mhm. Um,
2: yeah, he's you know, a I, club option. Yeah, and I think I think that would be affordable. I think I, I think we'll hang on to him. Um, so I think I think the guys that are walking for sure, like and Anthony said it, uh, Hamels. And I think it's overstone. So and that takes off, you know, about thirty two five, thirty two point five K off the books. Um which which is nice and that'll help you a lot. It goes a long way. Can they go out and get a guy like Garrett Cole? I don't know. I think that's I think that's asking a lot. And I I think his price is just gonna get jacked way up. Uh, other free agent pitchers available. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head. I know that's Nick Strasburg would be a nice fit. Strasburg, yeah, his, yeah,
0: his contract's over at the end of this year, from what I'm aware.
2: Yeah, that is true. Strasburg would be... And he, we'll have to see how this postseason plays out, too, because I think if he goes out there and dominates and they, they move on from tonight... Um, it might be it might get like a Eovaldi situation where he's gonna want some money.
1: Um so we'll have to see about that. Should be more affordable than Cole what that? Strasburg should be more affordable than Garrett
0: Cole if they want to try to get a worse type of guy. Oh I assume, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, he he would be,
2: yeah. Um and then you gotta look at some other guys I guess uh, there's, you know, Zach Wheeler's out there too um, which I I actually I've always been a believer in Wheeler uh, I do like his stuff I know at times he's looked very shaky with the Mets but he's looked very good and I think that that I don't think that would break the bank necessarily I know he's dealt with injuries too so I guess that would just be another option Um yeah I really think, you know, in talking, or not talk, talking to him, obviously
0: I haven't talked to Theo, but... Um, I'd be jealous if you him. did. Yeah. I, so well, would Anthem. Yeah. <laughs>
2: but, um, no, I haven't talked to Theo, obviously. But if, just trying to get a gauge where this whole thing's heading, I, we know that he, there's the core of this team, I think is where he believes. He, that's, what, that's what he believes in with this team. And Cubs fans do not want to hear this. And, I, and I'm and i a Cubs fan, obviously. And I don't want to see him go. But if it comes down to it, and he thinks that it makes them better for now and the future, Schwarber might be the guy to get traded. And because you might get some pieces in return, it can help not only in the leadoff spot, maybe as a pitcher, you know, Maybe have, like, a three.
1: Maybe you can get a, a three back every time. And in return. honestly, if you look at that, if you do re-sign Castellanos, I'm okay with moving Schwarber. I think it's hard yeah. to move to the future with two guys who struggle defensively in the corner of the outfield. I'd rather, mm-hmm. have you were playing his natural position, and his, his stock is probably as high as it's ever been coming off of, 35 plus homer almost 100 rbi season right yeah you gotta you sometimes you gotta jump on it
2: now and he he looked really good down the stretch that was one of the guys that really you know continued to match for the most part down the stretch and uh actually turned it up a little bit so yeah if you can get something i mean yeah like you said do you want two liabilities in the outfield? Obviously Schwarber's better than uh, Castellanos goes in the outfield, but Castellanos actually played pretty well as far as the defense goes since he was traded to the Cubs. So, and that was one of the big question marks was, how is he going to handle right field in Chicago? Because that sun is ridiculous and, you know, with the day games and, you know, how the sun goes down, the way, you know, it, it it's tough to play outfield in Chicago. But, um, Schwarber, he, and he improved a lot. You know, yeah, and he still made his mistakes um, this season in the left field, but he has improved a lot in the outfield. I, I'm not saying he's not an outfielder. There's some people who just he's not an outfielder. He's not an outfielder. He's a DH. No, he can play outfield. He, he can play outfield, and he's got a cannon out there. Uh, he can throw some guys out too. But the thing is, is you got – like you said, you get Hayward out of his natural spot. You got him in center field. Hayward's not going. Hayward's locked in um, because he's not. He's, he's, he's making more than what he should. let to be honest. Um, so Hayward's locked in, and you got. And he's still a good center fielder, even if he's out of position um, from right field. He's still a good center fielder. But then you got the two corner spots that, yeah, it's not. that's not pretty, and. The, you got the power, the obvious power there, but I could definitely see it being. See, I, I really am of the idea that if Horner has a very good spring, he's the guy at second base. Um, if he has a very good spring. Now I know they called him up prematurely, mm-hmm. but because of how well he was playing, and you know they they were really gonna they weren't planning on bringing him up this year. But um, I think he can be the guy at second phase. Now, can he be a leadoff hitter? I don't know. Would you trust a young guy to do that so early in his career? I don't know. We've seen it around the league that that has happened with other players. but um, And he is an extreme contact guy. He's really not a power guy. He's kind of developing more power, and he hit more power. Um, you know, with the Cubs, it, it was called up, but it was – You know, kind of strange to see him hit these home runs. I mean, it's Wrigley Field, and that translates well. Guys that put the bat on the ball, they tend to hit more home runs, even at Wrigley or at Wrigley Field. But I I really think he's the guy for second base if you're not moving hobby, which you're not moving hobby. I don't want them to move hobby. This is getting really long.
0: (laughs) It is, and I kind of want to butt in as well at some point, but go ahead and finish that last point. Go ahead. Yeah, I think I'm done. All righty. I was going to add to your point by saying, look at what the Cardinals did with Pujols back in 2010, 2011. They got rid of him in his prime, brought him to the Angels, and it may have been a very good move for them because look at the Cardinals' success ever since. So, with that being said, my thoughts on this, and, Going back to the rush which I watched yesterday and commented on I had said that you gotta have a spark. You can't start a fire without a spark. This runs for hire, quoting Bruce Springsteen entirely. But with that being said, it's true. They have to find leadoff hitting. For God's sake. I mean Hayward did pretty well and when I when I was in Chicago in August. Maybe that, was, maybe that was the thing is I just needed to be in Chicago because look what happened in May, and Joey knows this very well. Uh, Hendricks, Maddox, the Cardinals when I was there. Um, <clears throat> with that being said, they got to find some leadoff hitting. It was, it's, it's a toss-up between leadoff hitting and bullpen, and the bullpen is just going to need its kinks every season. So that's how I think. I, I don't say punt the bullpen like in DFS, but I say uh, you need leadoff hitting and then bullpen. Um, Kimbrell wasn't quite the lockdown guy that he usually is. Um, in fact, chicken, B-Dub's chicken wings tasted better than the chicken wing right arm that he had before the before he threw his pitch. But, um, <laughs> yes, feel free to laugh whenever. But um, they need to lead off hitting, and that's, that's the key. Then bullpen, then solidify your fielding. I, I might also say that sure. I, I think
1: this year was a fluke for Kimbrell. Sure. I think bringing him in the middle of the season and then having him play through some injuries is a lot of why he hasn't found success. If you give him a full camp and a full spring training, I think the results will be much better for Kimbrel next year.
0: That's kind of also what I'm thinking as far as as far as quote unquote punting the bullpen because um, Kimbrel was put in in June and he wasn't going to be at full strength until July because it takes a month. You know, if you, if you just brought in mid season, it takes a month to fit in. So. Yeah, this could very well have been a fluke, but if they if they resign, you know, give him a one year deal, if he's if he's on that, let him have his full camp. We'll see how he does. No, well, he's he's under contract. He is under contract. Good. Okay. Well then, uh, well then, I backtrack and yeah. say, well, there you go. Your your answer is yeah. pretty oh. simple. Weed off hitting. <laughs> yeah. Well, but that's the
2: thing, though. You gotta have somebody, and I agree totally with uh, with what Anthony said. Give him a full spring training. Um, I do think it was a fluke to a certain extent. Uh, he can't let fastballs go right down the middle, Carpenter in the ninth inning. But um, you know, I understand. Yeah, he he did. He's not wasn't as crisp because he didn't get that uh, preseason, uh, the uh, spring training. But you can, you got to find some guys that can get to him in in the pen too. So they do still have to bolster. It the bullpen a little bit you can't completely I agree right because Kimbrel's at the back end i do want them to go out there and you know phelps okay bring him back you got kyle ryan lefty okay you're gonna have to go get another lefty um you still got to get some more setup it, especially if all three of those guys walk kinsler stroke uh C-check. if all three of them are gone you you 100 need to get uh, at least two more solid solid right handed arms
0: too. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, and yeah, and I wasn't saying Kimber was bad. I was just saying, you know, um if he's under contract, then you, you you can you have a little bit more room to put it to get in your leadoff hitter. But yes, don't punt the bullpen. Um definitely. So with that yeah. being said, we'll go ahead and go to uh postseason prediction. Just get just give me your world series pick. Um Anthony, world series pick.
1: Yankees,
0: Braves, Yankees win. Okay, so so like John Sterling, Yankees win. The Yankees win. Yep. <laughs> Hopefully that was a good rendition of John Sterling.
1: I liked it.
0: There we go. I like Kirk <laughs> Cousins. You like that? You like that? You like that? And they say in Chicago, yeah, we like that. Joey, World Series pick. Uh, World Series pick. I I think I'm gonna stick with my preseason call, which I believe was the Astros. Um, okay. I know a shitty Cubs fan for that. But, um, <laughs> At I least it wasn't the Dodgers.
2: No, uh, no. I I think I picked uh, Astros and Cubs to make it. Um, okay. So
0: yeah, and then I just didn't pick the Cubs to win it, but I was obviously but it's still rooting for them to win it. and still want them to win it. Bad um, Cub fan Joe. Bad. No, no, They get in the playoffs. Trust <laughs> me. They
2: get in the playoffs and they're winning the Series. I'm changing my pick right now. They are winning the World Series. <laughs> but, yeah, no, that was my preseason pick, I believe. Um, you can probably go back and check the tapes. If I'm wrong, then I'm wrong and I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. But right now I'm going to pick the Astros and I'm going to pick them to face. Ooh, let's think about this for a second. Um, I'm going to pick them to face the Dodgers, although okay. I do think that if there's one team that can beat them, it's going to be the Braves.
0: All righty. So, um, that, see, see, that's what Joey says half the time about me. He doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> Fair point, <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> see? See I, I, I still... see, I make fun, but I also can make fun of myself. <laughs> which is fun about this podcast. Uh, My World Series pick, it's going to be pretty chalk. Yankees-Dodgers. The Dodgers are the hot or not team in this race. Um, Just think, think about this. Think about this if this happened to the Cubs. Two years in a row, you make the World Series. Two years in a row, the Commissioner's Trophy is on your field. Two years in a row, the Commissioner's Trophy is not handed to you. If that's not motivation for the Los Angeles Dodgers, I don't know what is. And I hope to God that I'm wrong. Believe me, I hope to God that I'm wrong. But I gotta go Dodgers. I hate to say it. But um they if they if they don't win this year, then I don't know. Uh, they might incur a hundred and eight year drought themselves if they don't win if they don't win this year. That's that's the expectation right now in Chavez Ravine. That's what Dave Roberts' reality, that's what they're going through. And that's what they're gonna have to do. Otherwise you might see LA burn down. So um, And
1: if they do win, you can almost essentially count them out of next year because teams very rarely repeat.
0: Which that's would, true.
1: I guess be better for the Cubs yeah. in the long yeah. run. So fuck
0: yeah. Definitely. I so hope, hope they do. <laughs> <laughs> So we've got Yankees, Astros and Dodgers as far as our picks to that and of course we're gonna wrap this show on because the cubs are moving to a new television network marquee sports network next year and we we don't know what's going to happen with everything but one thing is for certain we're gonna have our boys len and jd which anthony got the chance to meet len casper um go ahead and tell us a little bit about him give him a shout out a little bit tell us about Honestly,
1: I, I guess first and foremost I'm gonna thank him for the opportunity that I got to meet him and talk to him. I think he's uh he's one of the best announcers in the league that He just has... happens to share the city mm-hmm. with another one of the best ones in Pat Hughes, but both guys have told the story of my childhood essentially and really excited that Len's gonna be back with the Cubs next year.
0: Yes, and I was I was gonna butt in and say that when uh, I'm hoping that if you've listened to the Cubs podcast and Joey's had Joey's listened to my craft, I kind of trying to weasel in funny things like Len does, like, well, um, like last night, um, Alex Keilar, who who's a Yankees fan, picked Craig Council as the manager of the year, and I said the guy that's the fan of the judge and jury picks the council. In a way that's kind of JD like, but you see what I'm saying, where when when Len does a lot of that, and it's it's fun to it's very, very fun to listen to. So I like Len as well. So continue. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I just love the way he does it. Um, I always wondered why he never stuck with a
1: particular home run call, and, and he told me he lets each moment and each home run be their own letting the game breathe around that and I and I just thought that was great advice. Um but then at the same time, I also love the the Pat Hughes that ball's got a chance gone. So I think kind of mixing it within your own craft is something that Len is allowing me to, to do a little bit better.
0: Definitely. So definite shout outs to Len Casper and Jim Deshays and we hope to get them on the show at some point. Um of course, I'm going. Uh, our friend Kelly said this on Instagram last night, and I wanted to bring this to the show because we're remi- going to be reminiscing on our childhood, pretty much. WGN and NBCSN, and she posted this. You may not always end up where you thought you were going, but you'll always end up where you want to be, and it it that damn near made me shed a tear because not only for Kelly's sake, but for. The great employees that have worked with the Cubs for ABC, 7, WGN, and NBCSN, we don't know where they're going. We don't know what's what's going to happen, and we just hope for the best. Of of course, personally, we hope that they're all back on the same marquee network. Not only Kelly, but the rest of them. But that quote spoke to me, and I thought, you know, you, it. And it's a very true facet of life. You may not always end up where you be where you thought where you were going. Because look at look at me right now. Twenty-four years old, living at grandma's house, trying to get into the sports business, but you'll always end up where you want to be. So that's definitely a testimonial to that. So Joey, uh, tell, go ahead and reminisce about um, WGN and NBCSN, ABC Seven.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, not a whole lot. because it everything is, it's already been, it's there. You know, it's, it's just in my memory bank. It's, it's not not a whole lot to talk about as far as like the memory of WJ like
0: obviously I and you know NBC Chicago uh, or Chicago
2: but they got to they got to win while they were on these networks you know and that's and that's the main thing like closing the chapter on this book with you know you got one in the bank you got you did it you did it under the curtain I mean, you broke the curse in 2016 And the fact that they were able to do that while still having games on WGN, you know, ABC7, to me that's incredible because just growing up, I mean, it was all about WGN. I mean, it was, you know, watching games with my dad, watching games with my my no-no or my grandpa. Um, You know, even at a very young age, you know, like the Kerry Wood 20 strikeout game. Um, You know, so stuff like that, like that just, it really sticks. Like it, it, just pops out at me because that's stuff that I automatically been drawn to, and I think about it. and then the crazy seventh inning stretches, like, and, and the crazy ball games that would
0: follow, like the Angel Hernandez game with uh, Steve McMichael, or uh, <laughs> you know, like games
2: like that. You know, like it, it, it really sticks out and resonates with me. But um, no, I and then uh, Anthony said it about Pat Hughes and Len Cass. Like, these guys can obviously, gonna you know, stick. And, uh, you know, Pat Hughes is a legend. And um, I, I look forward to seeing what's going to happen with Marquee now because um, while I'm kind of sad that it's, they're leaving and they're going to Marquis, um, I, I am excited because I think this is going to be a lot more just all-day custom content, you know? So, I mean, we can look forward to watching replays of some of our favorite games and maybe classics that we never even got to see, you know, before we were born. Um, you know, so I'm looking forward to some of that stuff and yeah, man, it's just, you know, opening up new chapters. That's,
0: yeah. that's all. That's, yeah. Very, that's, it's that's, that's, that's a good analysis. Cause I'm, I'm feeling for the employees that may be letting, that may be let go. And it's not only because Kelly Crow, it's because of all of them, not just one. Um, I just hope that they, I just hope that the right things happen to all of them. That's really what that quote means to me, I guess. So, go ahead, Anthony. Um, anything to add about uh, WGN or all of that stuff?
1: Yeah. Well, personally, I just find it—I find it much more sad for people of other generations, like my parents and grandparents. Generations are definitely more affected by it than I am. Um, the only, like, honestly, the only thing we're really missing from. The move from WGN slash NBC Sports and ABC to Marquis is going to be Kelly in the second and seventh inning and Jesse Rogers when the games are on ABC, because otherwise there's not really a ton during the game that we don't have. Uh, you're still going to get your fair share of David Kaplan. He's on the radio all the time. He's got his own show still. Um, but like you said, I do feel for the people that are going to be losing jobs, I assume David DeJesus is one of them because he was hired as a pre- and uh, post-analyst. I believe Luke Stuckmaier already got let go, and those are some guys that I grew up watching. So I definitely feel for them and wish them the best and hope they end up with Marquis somewhere. But all in all, I'm excited for this new chapter, and I don't necessarily have the same sentiment attached to WGM like um, some people in my family say do. But I will say I'm glad that they're deciding to keep Go Cubs
0: Go. It's the same. Yes, because that was another thing I was going to mention was that Go Cubs Go is you can catch it all on WGN. It's like, well, what are they going to do with that? (laughs) So, they are keeping it. They are keeping it the same. Yeah.
2: Some fun uh, marquee workplay is going to follow.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that would be very interesting. But yes, I hope that uh I just hope to God that the right things happen to the right people. Whether it's we have a different we have a diff, we have someone else than Kelly on the sidelines, whether else we have different reporters that from different areas that come to marquee or they bring in a lot of the same. It's it's it, we'll see what happens and it's all up in the air. You may not always end up where you thought you were going, but you'll you always end up where you want to be. So closing that chapter out on wgn which i got to watch some games as well on wgn despite being six hours away from chicago it was always good to see um i just hope the right things happen to the right people so we hope to have we, we will have Len and jd back but we hope to have kelly and jesse as well as the others back next season for marquee so that will be the end of my um recuperating from that but once marquee starts then it will be you know what new Chester, let's go so i'm sure you see what i'm saying there so with that being said um we will go to the classic final question on the tom green podcast and that is and i will start with joey anything else you have to add to this wonderful tom green podcast no i think
2: i've uh, talked quite
0: a bit today so i think i'm done all righty good deal and uh Anthony, anything else you have to add to this wonderful Tom Green podcast? This is your first one, so this is your yeah. This is your you know. If you want to promote anything, feel free to do it here, etc. Anything else you have to add? Well,
1: I mean, now that you mentioned promoting things, like I said, I do it with my own Cubs podcast. It's called the Cubs Corner, available on SoundCloud and um, Apple Podcasts. So take a look at that if uh, if you guys are interested. And in, I guess I'll end it in a clever way that. I see the three of us are going to be seeing David Ross in the bar. Soon.
2: Yeah.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be um, something running into Rossi at the bar.
2: <laughs> hey, Tom.
0: Yeah. I, uh,
2: I I did have something to add because I forgot about promoting stuff. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, that that wasn't crossing my mind today. I, I, it's been a really long day. Um, with the DFS stuff, uh, just scrambling around trying to get.
0: For me for tonight's game, so um, I yeah, follow you can follow me at uh, the riot We, uh, um, Joey, you're on the Tom show, so it's not the riot. It's Terryo. <laughs> uh, Terry-O I guess that's fine. <laughs> um, but
2: and then uh, you know all the stuff at the Score Pro. at the Score Pro on Twitter and then scorepro.com. Uh, that's where you can find all my stuff at and uh or most of my stuff pretty much all my stuff there um but yeah sorry i uh, forgot all that so i figured i'd go back
0: oh sure that's that's what they say it ain't, um lenny kravitz said it or saying it best it ain't over till it's over <laughs> there you go. and that's what it is on this show as well as in life it ain't over until it's over so with that being said Um, He is not Anthony Rizzo, but he is Anthony Pasquale, and he is Joe Ricotta, and this has been the Tom Green Cubs Speak podcast.